Welcome in to another new podcast from Codings Pro Magazine. My name is Ben DuBose, news editor for the AMP Publications team, and I'm your host. Today we're speaking with Joe Brandel, business development manager at MIPS, which specializes in helmet-based safety. Many coatings contractors use helmets on a regular basis when they're at a job site, so the safety and PPE benefits and considerations, those are certainly of tremendous importance to our audience here at Coatings Pro. Joe, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. How are you? Good, Ben. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. I think a good place to start would be if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself, both your career in the industry, your current role with MIPS, and what your team works on, particularly in the context of our contractors within the coatings industry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, again, my name is Joe Brandel. Currently, I'm the U.S. Uh, business Development Manager for a company called MIPS, and we produce a, a safety system, a low friction layer, you know, that helps reduce the rotational motion effects to the brain. And you know, we work with helmet OEMs and manufacturers throughout the world in that regard. I've been in the business for about 20, a little over 24 years in, you know, mainly construction, safety, industrial. I've worked with a variety of uh, end user types and industries mainly focused on, on again, safety, personal protective equipment. So recently, the U.S. Occupational Health Safety Administration, or OSHA, proposed a new rule for the construction industry, which requires that personal protective equipment, or PPE, fits properly. While OSHA has required construction employers to provide and maintain their PPE for some time, this would be the first time that it explicitly instructs employers to provide PPE that actually fits each employee. So, Joe, if you could just go through what's new in these proposed OSHA guidelines and what the next steps are moving forward as it pertains to properly fitted PPE. So, you know, as you said, basically it's an addition to their current standard, their current construction standard. But what this addition does is it explicitly requires that PPE fits the worker. And that's, you know, obviously very important because if it doesn't fit them, if they can't wear it properly, it's, mm -hmm. it's likely not going to offer much protection. You know, in the helmets, what, you know, in head protection products that we involve in are obviously uh, included in that, which are very important because, you know, all parts of your body are important, but, you know, I can't think of any more important than your head. So right. it has to fit properly. As far as going forward, you know, contractors in, in your industry and any others for that matter, if they want to abide by this new standard, the new revision, uh, they need to make sure that their workers and employees have properly fitted PPE, you know, and that's probably going to require some training on how to don it and how to use it, you know, whether it's a helmet or a, you know, a, a harness or gloves or anything like safety vest. And then obviously they have to do testing or, you know, fit uh, testing to make sure that it fits properly. And, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, comfort, you know, that's not a requirement in the in the uh, in the guideline, but definitely, you know, comfort drives a lot of the compliance. You know, that's what I've learned over the years. I'm sure some people reading and listening from the outside will hear something like employers are instructed to provide PPE that actually fits each employee and wonder why this hasn't been done before. Because on some level, it does seem fairly intuitive that this is the way it should be. Yet there are some roadblocks. There are reasons why this hasn't happened in the past. So just explain, if you could, what got this to the finish line? 
Why was this able to get done in 2023 from OSHA's perspective in a way that uh, I suppose it hasn't in the past? Yeah, you know, from what I've read, OSHA, I think, initially proposed this back in 2016. So that was, you know, seven years ago. And they they got uh, they got pushback, apparently, from trade associations, you know, from the standpoint where they thought there would be at a cost, you know, because they would probably have to add different models and okay. different, you know, more PPE. And then there, I believe the other pushback was implementation. They, they believed that there was going to be an issue with implementing it with their workers and employees. And I think really to answer your question, push it across the finish line was just the workers themselves. You know, I mean, whether it was women or smaller workers or even larger workers, you know, that were, you know, they were just kind of sick and tired of not having PPE that wasn't uh, working for them. You know, I, like I said, I've been in the business for 24 years and I, I've seen situations where it's a pair of gloves or a hard hat or a helmet or a harness that doesn't fit properly. And again, you know, that that worker's not properly protected if they, they can't wear it and use it correctly. So, you know, to answer your question, I believe that's really what it was. And, you know, I think that most companies were already abiding by this, you know, before OSHA, you know, brought it up, um, you know, but it's for the few that, that aren't that OSHA had to implement this into their standard. So let's talk about some of the historical limitations. When we look at the technology, why have some traditional hard hats failed in a run-of-the-mill workplace accident? I know you all at MIPS are focused on not just the fitting, but the overall technology and the protection components. Historically, where have the shortcomings been and what are the things that you're trying to improve upon today? You know, as far as the industry in general, where some of the accidents related, at least helmets have taken place, is is when a helmet, you know, this this has a little bit to do with fit, but it, it has to do with use is, is probably as well. Mm-hmm. When a worker didn't have their chin strap either in use correctly or snapped and the hard hat, you know, or the helmet flew off the, the worker's head during a fall. And, you know, there have been fatalities due to that. And some of that does have to do with fit. You know, I, I came across a few uh, folks where their head was too small or even too large where the ratcheting system, the suspension system that they had in their current hard hat would not adjust properly. It wouldn't open up far enough mm. and, you know, uh, or it wouldn't tighten down to the point where it would stay on their head. So when it comes to head protection, which, you know, what I'm dealing with mainly now, those are the accidents that really I can point to recently, you know, that, that that's happened, especially, you know, if again, if that helmet or hard hat does not stay on their head, it's obviously not going to protect them. So what data is out there with regards to accidents and the injuries and deaths that result from it? And what are some of the common causes as well that lead to those? So, you know, in the, in the U.S. construction industry alone, a total of 21,400 non-fatal workplace injuries and illnesses were caused by slips, trips, and falls. And that was in uh, 2021, you know, and and a lot of those at times of accidents because they're fall related can, you know, lead to traumatic brain injuries or injuries on how the the brain functions and performs. You know, and we believe the construction workers are at the highest risk of traumatic brain injuries because of what they do and the environment they work in. It, you know, according to the stats, there there are definitely more traumatic brain injuries or TBIs, I may refer to them as that, than any other industry by far. You know, in the 
risk associated with, you know, failing to use the proper head protection can be serious and life threatening. You know, one in one in five workplace fatalities occurred in construction in 2021 and over a third of those fatalities were due to slips, trips and falls. So protecting your head is obviously of utmost importance. What feedback have you all gotten from your clients and users and basically folks out in the field as far as their needs, their challenges, any common pain points? Just share with us, if you could, some of the stories that you hear from the field that people are really needing and employers, I should say, when it comes to helmet-based safety. You know, I can point to a couple examples this week I met with users in my area. And, uh, you know, the common the common theme seems to be, Ben, that, that customers want to know just a few things. And, and first and foremost, they want to know why the industry construction is moving towards better head protection. You know, why why some customers and contractors or even, you know, job site owners are requiring helmets versus hard hats. They want to understand that better. You know, they want to know you know, some of the science and information about head injuries. And, and within that realm, a lot of the ones that have done research, you know, they want to know that they've done research on their own. They want to know what those injuries related to rotational motion and lateral impacts really mean and how they're affected and really how they can mitigate you know, with a system like MIPS. And, you know, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of concern as well from the users and a lot of a lot of confusion when it comes to conflicting information, you know, in technology. Right now, it's, it, there's been a movement definitely in construction and really all trades, you know, some more than others, to move towards better head protection. But I think the users really under, need to understand um, the risk associated, you know, with, with not using the proper head protection. So in response to that, what types of technologies and functionality are you trying to add to your products? What are the things that you're working on from a technical perspective to try and address those needs? So we here at MIPS produce a safety system, a low friction layer for helmets, which you know we've developed over you know almost two decades now with the intention of reducing rotational motion and the effects of that to the brain in the event of an accident, you know, usually a fall or dropped objects for that matter. You know, because research that we've done and others as well shows that rotational motion involves a greater risk of brain damage than straight or lateral impacts. You know, and the purpose of our MIPS system is to add safety to help reduce the risk of rotational motion, you know, in the event of that those types of accidents. So you referenced earlier that this new OSHA regulation, basically it was first proposed in 2016, correct? Yes. So sometimes things in this industry can move rather slowly. There are a lot of interest at stake. There's a lot of things that need to be talked through and negotiated and so on and so forth. So if we're talking potentially seven years down the line, looking at, I suppose, 2030 and beyond, what does the future potentially look like? What are some of the technologies and regulations that are perhaps going to come to the forefront in the coming years? And are there any trends within uh, safety and PPE that you all at MIPS are on the the lookout for as you try and project out into the future? You know, we're we're focused on rotational motion. You know, the the effects and and protecting and mitigating that mm. effects on the brain. Um, you know, that's our focus. You know, some of the things I see is obviously, you know, again, the the trends 
with moving towards better head, head protection and making it more comfortable. You know, when it comes to relative to the this additional to the new OSHA standard relative to fit, you know, I think some OEMs, you know, helmet helmet and, and hard hat OEMs are going to probably have to change on how they do their fitting systems. Obviously, they're going to have to either add, uh, you know, different more sizes or different technology when it comes to how that helmet fits the, the user's head. But, you know, some of the other technology I've seen, you know, we we're not involved with this, but, you know, we've got uh, there's there's helmets out there now that have, you know, that are basically smart hard hats or smart helmets with IOT devices, you know, with accessories, you know, sensors, cameras, communication devices, and that sort of thing. So, you know, down the road, seven years doesn't seem like a lot, but, um, you know, it'll it'll happen quickly. And it seems like the technology is advancing pretty quickly in this industry. For someone in the coatings industry that may be listening to this and has only a superficial knowledge of helmets and these technologies that you're describing, what are the ways that they can learn more? I'm sure you guys have resources. Of course, OSHA does. But for someone that's, I suppose, just thinking of a hard hat that they grab from a vendor and doesn't put any more thought into the functionality, the benefits, and so on and so forth, or perhaps they're not fully up to date with what the new regulations are going to entail, what are some of the resources that they can potentially turn to if they want to learn more? Well, I always direct, uh, you know, I always direct folks to our website. We've got a lot of videos, a lot of data, and a lot of information on that. And that's simply just MIPS, M-I-P-S, protection.com. Uh, we're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and, and those social media outlets as well. So there's a wealth of information. You know, the key thing is, you know, for a user or somebody trying to educate themselves is try to try to find where you know, you can understand the information and make sure that it's accurate and telling the, the proper story. Absolutely. That makes sense. Folks, that is Joe Brandle, Business Development Manager at MIPS, specialist in helmet-based safety. Joe, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Ben, for having me. Have a good day. That'll do it for today's episode of the Codings Pro interview series. Should mention before we close out that if you want more resources from us, of course, you can get it at codingspromag.com, our website. You can also check out the print issues of Codings Pro, which are accessible through the website as well in digital form. And we have regular safety department sections within the magazine that often touch on helmet offerings, technologies, trends, regulations. We do cover safety. It's paramount to our industry and our Codings contractors. We want you all to have success and we want you to do it safely. So yes, you can check out the resources that Joe and his team at MIPS have available. And we have some through our website and publications at Codings Pro as well. Before we close out, I also want to throw out a plug to amp.org. That's ampp.org, the website for the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. There's some resources there that pertain to safety within the construction industry, tailored towards obviously uh, many industries, but certainly corrosion control and protective coatings, what we specialize in at AMP. With those plugs complete, I will adjourn. For Joe Brandel, I'm Ben Dubose. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new Codings Pro podcast.